Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. It is August the 9th, 2020. What a what a glorious day it's going to be today. Nice temperature, sort of that plus 20. We've had some uh, some great weather the last couple of weeks. And if you're in the far south, man, did we get a lot of rain there on, I think that was on Friday, sort of Thursday night, Friday morning. Holy cow, we got tons of rain. So, anyways, phone lines are wide open if you want to join me, 403-974-8255, 1-800-563-7770 for out of town. And uh, right now, just a few things i just remind people. Deadheading is super important at this time of year. If you want to have your flowers continue to bloom for you, your roses, um, any of your annual baskets, things like that, your hanging baskets, your pots, um, deadheading all the time um, will encourage more and more blooms. As it, because uh, if you leave the blooms on there and let everything go to seed, the plant thinks it's done its job. It's uh, it's reproduced. I've created seeds. I'm good. So is there anything else I need to do? And so they just they won't do it. But if you keep deadheading. Um, then it keeps thinking, hey, I got to keep working. I got to keep sending out some more flowers. And fertilizing is really important for your for your annual beds and uh, any of your pots. You'll see a big, big difference if you continue. And especially right now, we're heading into, we just had a whole bunch of heat. Our plants are jammed in those pots, totally root bound. So you really got to uh, ensure that you're feeding them. Um, 20, 20, 20, 15, 30, 15, both are great uh, water-soluble fertilizers. And just make sure you water first. Give your plants a good soaking first. And and make sure you fill the pots right up because I see so many times people just put a little bit on top. But fill them up. Like, and I, I do mine every other day. I give them a really good drink, and the second day I give them a little bit. But I just see when I do fill them right up and it just starts bubbling, that's just telling you that it's da- it's dry down below. So just fill it right up so it overflows. And if you if it starts bubbling, you know that it's dry underneath there. But that helps get all those roots down lower, gets the moisture, just like when we're watering trees and that. So that way you uh, ensure that you're getting uh, nice water down for the whole root system. And... Uh, I had a great text from uh, one of our listeners, uh, Darlene, and a pruned up customer. She has sent some pictures. She had her pruned up crew out at her house, taking some limbs off. Uh, looks like it was crowding up against the house. So uh, the crew, and she has said the pruned up crew did an amazing job on our tree this week. Thank you. So just great. Sent a few pictures of them working, which is really, really nice to see all the that all their tie-up ropes, one of the guys is up in the trees, so doing their thing. So always good to see that uh, going on, and and I know they've uh, been very busy. There's been a lot of uh, a lot of renovations done to people and their trees. We're spending more time at home. They're having a look at their trees, so I know they're uh, they're getting lots of calls and they've been keeping super busy, which is great. So, and one more question, she had. I use green it up mohai water well tips of grass of brown. Dull more blades, Darlene. Yeah, I would say, yeah, ensure that you're you're you have nice sharp blades, and uh, and if you mow in that inch and a half to two inch, and if you water twice a week is lots. I know, I've my grass is actually I've hit it again like for that last time, a couple weeks ago for uh, with my green it up, and each of my neighbors. 
Um, the one is like this trying to keep, he has to water so much and I, I got to let him know he's been out of town ton. So I'm going to let him know a bit more about our fertilizer. Um, you just water half as much as you would if you're using the high nitrogen fertilizer. If you're using the stuff from the boxers of the 3010 or 3004 or whatever it is, and it's all nitrogen, there's no root system because there's no middle number. So you just, and when it heats up like it did those last few weeks, you're just continually watering. So you'll see a big difference. But you, you need to use it the three times, three or four times a year, and uh, and you'll definitely see a big difference in, in your turf on your grass for sure. And I'm going to go to the phone lines. We're going to chat with Sandra. Good morning, Sandra. Good morning. How are you doing today? Good, and yourself? I'm doing awesome, actually. It's a gorgeous day. I had a, I know you're calling about tomatoes. I had a couple, I only grow the sugar daddy tomatoes, the little orange sweet ones. And mine is, I put three or four in one pot, and I probably have about 600 tomatoes on there. But oh, they're wow. just they're just starting to ripen the last few days. And it's kind of funny. I have little Shih Tzu dogs, and they love eating them. So they're at the bottom trying to eat the ripe ones. Eh? They're kind of getting in there. So it's kind of So I have to get in there when I'm doing my watering. And I always grab a few when first thing in the morning because when they're nice and cool, that's just the best time. So. Yeah, we, uh, we're out in Cochrane, <coughs> okay. and so it gets really cool here at night. So yeah. my husband built me a, uh, a rolling, uh, sort of like a... Like a rolling pot uh, sort of thing, or, or well, bed? No, uh, uh, Wayne, what do you... A cart. Yeah. And he's got a handle on one end, and so we okay. fit eight large black pots. Oh, nice. And uh, we roll them into the garage at night <laughs> to keep them warm. Yeah. Uh, so this year I planted three cherry tomatoes, three early bird or something like that, yep. and two that have like the vine clusters. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're doing okay. Um, I finally got a ripe tomato off of the regular sized tomatoes. Yeah. And when I picked it, it was sort of like at the opposite end of the stem was like brownish, bruised. Yeah. Yes. And I thought, okay, are we watering them too much? It is inconsistent watering a little bit, but more it's a calcium deficiency. Oh, a calcium deficiency. So okay. on the bigger tomatoes, like like you say, your early girls or some of the, like those bigger beef steaks and stuff, when you see the blossom end rot, like it's, it looks, it's all scabby on the bottom. Yeah. And that's his lack of calcium. So what you need to do is a lot of the tomato fertilizers, uh, and then we also sell a, a product in a yellow th- container. It's for blossom end rot, and you just add that to your to your soil, and you water it in, and it works really good to help prevent. When you're growing the bigger tomatoes, the little ones don't need it, like your little cherry tomatoes and things, that they won't get it. But those big ones, if, if there's a lack of calcium in the soil, they get that blossom end rot. Okay, now we bought... Uh, we bought it locally here, but um, I think it was the what you're recommending. Uh, I'm just going to go out and just walk into the garage here to be able to tell yeah, you exactly what it is that we put in that I thought would be sufficient. Yeah, it, um, and again... It's, it's the uh, Evolve organic tomato plant fertilizer. And it, and it does have calcium in it, I believe, but yeah. how much, how often do you do it? Well, probably not often enough. So that, should I do this as well as yes. get the blossom end rot? Yeah, well, that one has it. I think the Evolve, if you look on the label, it's, I think it says calcium supplement added. Uh, I'm pretty sure the Evolve. Dirt and Grow 
ideal ideal for tomatoes and vegetable plants. Uh, yeah, I, I think it, if not, they have a calcium supplement as well. Okay. Yeah, you need that added to it. Okay. So that will make all the difference. So I think Rob Heenbrock down at Anything Grows there, or if you want to come out to Spruce Up, we have it. But if you if you go see Rob and Sandy down there, I don't know yeah. if you go to Anything Grows. Yeah. Um, and okay. uh, they have a great little garden center there in Cochrane. So, and oh, yeah. Well, you know, it, it, I would have come to you, but you're so far from us. <laughs> I know. I tried to be closer, but hey. <laughs> well, you got to set up where you got to set up, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's a nice question, drive from Cochrane, though. Just go the back way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, if I'm ever in the area, I'll come see you. Nice. Uh, is it too late for me to give a regular um, fertilizer, like the summer fertilizer, to my lawn before the fall? No, right now you do. Well, you want to use the, and again, depending on what regular fertilizer, I wouldn't use the higher nitrogen ones, like I've talked about with the box store stuff. Um, you just need the good balance fertilizer, like the 1632.6, or green it up lawn fertilizer. This makes all the difference in your grass, because if you just hit it with the high nitrogen right now, again, it's just going to set off a bunch of growth up top, but nothing for the roots. Yeah. So okay. I, that's what I reckon. That's why I created that fertilizer. I was just so tired of that other fertilizer, and it's not made for Alberta. It's made for people in BC and Ontario, where the masses are, because they go for the population where they sell the most. Right. And they just send it across Canada for all of us, but they they don't need phosphate in their soil. Right. Um, because they're near water and they have it already in it. Where we do, we have that heavy clay, so you need the roots to get down nice and deep. So that way, it gives you a good excuse to come see me. So okay. So and what's that <laughs> called? Yes, it green, it was- it, green it up lawn fertilizer. It's it's our own brand, and I created it to have the high middle number. Okay, and so it just makes we're just using all the up difference. our old stuff yeah. that we that we bought. Uh, what about fall fertilizer? Do Again, you have all a different recommendations. Yeah, no, we just do our program is you do the full strength in the spring. You cut it by a third in the summer and then cut it by one third again in the fall. Um, so it's the same blend all all season long. And uh, same bag. And if you look on it, it just says all season fertilizer. And, right. and and all the other ones do, like, if the ones from the boxer, they just change the label. If you look at the fall fertilizer, it's the exact same numbers, and they just have the same application, right? They just change the label. So it's oh, kind of, okay. uh, I'm very upfront with ours. It says all season, and we explain how to use it, and you just cut the, the proportion that you use per season. Okay. And uh, okay. you'll see a big, big difference in your grass. And will that help... Uh the quack grass that I have growing. Yeah, it helps choke it out. Section. Yeah, it helps choke it out because it yeah. gets quite. Uh, it, the bluegrass, when treated properly, it's quite invasive, so it'll choke out a lot of your weeds and uh, quack grass and things like that. Okay, well, I will definitely come and see All you right. to get that. Uh, thank you. Green it up, and thank you for your advice. Thank you, Sandra, and uh, take care, and have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. And. Let's go to Darlene. Hi, Darlene. Oh, hi. Sorry, you partially answered my question, and I already had my call in, so that's why. No worries. I, that's it, all good. Yeah, but, you know, really, my lawn is it's thick, it's lush, it's like a carpet, but it has that brown. I just sent a couple more pictures just a minute ago. Oh, okay. It just has that sort of brown, you know, hue on top. Yeah, and that's, it, I, I'm pretty sure, like you were saying, I'd get your blade sharpened because you're kind of tearing the grass, not cutting the grass okay so right. it, so it tears it and then you get that little ripping look if that makes sense 
It, yeah, yes, because, you know, I fertilize, I do everything. I water the way you say to water. Yep. You know, so. But you, have you noticed a difference in your grass thickening up? Well, it has over the last couple of years, yeah, yeah for awesome. sure. That's good. I can't get rid of dandelions because we have a, a city right, you know. Or the park or whatever. Of course, the dandelions bloom and blow all over our lawn. Yeah. But, but anyway, just a little uh, mention about the crew that were out. Just fantastic. Really nice guys. Did a great job on that tree. Thank you so much. I know Mark uh, and his crew, um, they, uh, they pride themselves, and I'm very proud of those guys. They get out safety first always, and they look yeah, out for the trees. Chris and his crew that were out. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Chris is... Well, thank you. I'll sharpen the blades, and hopefully that'll work. Oh, awesome. Thanks, Darlene. Take okay. care. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, and we're at the time we need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calories Full Service Garden Center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Um, getting lots of texts and questions, um, people bringing in pictures of leaves into the store. Um, and for the most part, what it is is a lot of it is the amount of rains we had, some of those heavy rains um, go on to it. And there's bugs. So you're always going to see a little bit of um, of marks and different things on, especially some of the softer leaves, a lot of your crab apples and different things, unfortunately, here in Calgary. Um, and... And they're all looking for something to eat as well at certain times. But for the most part, um, a lot of them are fairly harmless. Um, you start looking at the overall healthier tree. And if you see branches that are are totally infested, some of them you need to cut out. Um, some of that you need to treat if it starts if the whole tree starts failing. But for, for a lot of the stuff, it's just ensuring that you're giving your trees amount of water properly. And if you're seeing lots of bugs, a good hosing down works great. Um, Pure Spray Green is a great, uh, I guess, kind of an all-purpose because it works as a fungicide as well. So if you're looking for a couple things. But just remember, sometimes it's just that season, and a lot of times the bugs go in cycles, and we will lose the leaves and you get to start again fresh next year. So it's a tough one because we have such a short season, and when you get your trees nice and healthy, the, the leaves just go crazy. Um, and I got one here. Morning, Merle. Any thoughts? Towering aspen, three years old, otherwise healthy, only affected um, one tree in, in one of them. And it, it's a little bit of um, markings on it. I wouldn't be too worried about that. I, again, you're, you're going to see it. Um, could have been some bugs came in at one time. Uh, one of the heavy rainstorms that went through could have pelted the leaves a bit. Stuff like that um, can affect that as well. I'm going to go to the phone lines and chat with Faye. Good morning, Faye. Hi. Hi. How can I help you? I have had, I have five columnar aspen in Mm -hmm. my yard. And for the last three years, I've noticed the leaves are lime green. No, hardly any dark leaves on two of them. And three of them have dark leaves but clusters of these lime green smaller leaves yeah it's just uh, it's it probably you had some good growth earlier and they're just i would say they're starving like they need some more food they're just they're they're becoming chlorotic Um, okay so so i did have i put 
the spikes? Yeah, the, the spikes, um, they're good for just um, a maintenance. When, you, when you're seeing a, a problem, because it takes so long for those to dissolve, like you have to right. water them. They don't, they're not really going to fix a problem. They're right. good just to add a little bit of food to the soil. So what you need to do is something like that. Um, you can use, we have these, it's called iron chelate. Okay. And so water the trees well, and then you can fertilize with this iron chelate. It's a water soluble. Just mix it into a pail, pour it around the drip line of that uh, of those aspens, and it'll definitely okay. help. Okay, iron chelate. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, next spring, uh, you can you can use those now because there's not a lot of. Uh, in the iron chelate, there's no nitrogen and stuff like that. But next spring, just use thirty ten ten on those. And you do it the Early, same it, way, water yeah, it, and absolutely. then... Pour this around the 30-10-10. Yeah, so use that next spring on it. And, okay. and that'll really help with the growth, but there's iron in that, so it'll it'll right. help build that up and get it green again. Yeah, the odd thing is that, you know, as I drive around Oles, I find that I am the only one with that problem, and I think it's so weird. And I actually had two um, companies come, and they, uh, you know, they couldn't help me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so but much. But we also, we do have a, if you want to get onto a fertilizer program, and as your trees get bigger, we do the deep root fertilizing um, of trees and shrubs in Calgary. So if you want to call Mark, you can get hooked up into the pruned it up. We just come out um, once a year and we give your trees a deep root injection and a fertilizer. So we do that for all your trees. So Right. And it's fairly cost effective, but it's, it's, it's something that when your trees get bigger, Sometimes we forget about the feeding part, and they right. and so that they do need food. Yes, and, and uh, two of them are very. Um, there's no leaves at the top; like it looks like they've actually died at the yeah, top. Yeah, and there so, was a lot of that from last September when we had that heavy frost. Well, it's been happening for the three years. Yeah, so you totally. should get that pruned out. So you maybe should give Mark a call that pruned it up. They come out; they'll prune those out. And then they'd also set you up on a feeding program for that. So okay, and and who? Uh, what's the number to call him? I can give you his uh, the direct line four zero three. Yeah. Five three two. Five three two. Twenty five hundred. Okay. Alrighty. Thank you so Th- much. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 All right, I need to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. So I'm a little early. Sorry about that. I'm a little early. <laughs> Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go right to the phone lines. We're going to chat with Allison. Good morning, Allison. Good morning, Merle. How can I help you? Well, I have a linden tree in my yard that was planted in um, 2017, and I did send a picture also to the text line, so I don't know if you've okay. seen that. I haven't yet, but I, on, uh, like I have a, I'll, take, I'll keep looking through here. That's okay. Um, and so what it is is the, the linden tree seems to be quite columnar. Yep. Where oh, the, um, you know, the, the spread, I, I mean, the width of the tree yep. in terms of the leaves is maybe two feet to 30 inches yep and the and the branches are not spreading out but what we've got is we've got growth that is now spiking at the top and the leaves seem to be yep. probably about 
two to three times larger. Yep, and that's than normal. The on the bottom, and that you'll see poplars and a lot of plants do this. It, what it is at the certain times of the year, the plants really trying to gain energy. So those are like solar panels for the for the tree. You'll see that on poplars or or Swedish columns or aspens. They'll send out some real big leaves on top, and they use that just to get get more energy into the into the plant. And so you shouldn't cut that off. Um, on those ones, if they get one or two, like I'm, I found the picture of those. Um, I, I would just leave those in a couple of years, like just see what it does next year. Um, you could always just cut one or two nodes off the top just to thicken it up, like what because those are just ones they sent out. But I would just leave that. Otherwise, like it's a nice, healthy looking linden, looks great. Um, just ensure. And there is- Sorry, there's stuff growing like from the bottom too. I guess you know at the very bottom <laughs> in the ground, and so yeah, you can uh, cut those out. Those are maybe suckering a little bit. Okay. But okay. yeah, no, it looks great. Looks nice and healthy. Um, you'll start seeing those leaves start to get the nicer shape. Um, lindens, they're like a buckeye, and a few other ones. They don't get their really true beauty until they get like a bit older than that. Then all of a sudden they just go like, "Wow, that's a that's a linden. It'll stand out and 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 you really notice it." And and so the width of the tree, that's what I'm kind of curious about. Is that it just seems so columnar right now, but eventually yep, it's going to spread out. It'll start get... pushing out. Absolutely, they okay. stay that. That's what I mean. Like when they they don't ha- like give their true beauty until they get a bit bigger. Like there's Ohio Buckeyes. Um, those there's a few trees that some of the oak trees when they're smaller they just don't look great like they're they're okay but when until they get when they start forming their their true form and then they just take off like crazy so no it looks great looks super healthy um i wouldn't worry about it at all just continue to fertilize properly and uh, ensure it's getting that good slow deep watering okay you you have a great fence by the way Oh, thank you. <laughs> I love right. those. I love those nice horizontal. They did a nice job, whoever built it for you. It looks yeah, great. Yeah, we get lots of compliments. Thank you. Yeah, no, I love those. All right. All right. Okay, Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Yeah. Anyways, where we're at, we're going to go to Peter. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. How you doing today? I'm okay. I I got trouble on paradise. Uh-oh. Um, I got about eight potato plants. Two of the plants are turning yellow and dying. Okay. And I don't know if it's starting to spread to the other ones or um, uh, is it a blight or something? Like, do you think? Is it just, um, are you able to send me a picture? Yeah. If I'll you could one. text one to the same thing, to the same, to the same number, if possible, it could either be a blight or in this heat, if you're getting that, if they're not getting that, slow deep watering like they do need extra water when they're when they when we had that heat and so if the plants aren't getting enough they'll start shutting down okay i can email it to you i i i'm not up sure. on that texting business, yeah. but let's talk gardening at siugc.ca okay i'll do it before the end of the show yeah Thanks. and I, I i'll just respond over email if you don't get it to me i can i'll just reply whenever Thank you very much. Yep. Thanks. No, and uh, I, that is sometimes where they see potatoes that you bought at a store. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just sometimes inconsistent watering, and especially when we've gone through a bunch of heat like we've just had. If they haven't been getting enough water, sometimes potatoes will do that or too oh. much water. But uh, okay. chance of that over the last while, unless you've been soaking them all the time, we've had so much heat the last while, so I've just say. You know, 
yeah, the other planes don't look too bad. They uh, they they look like they're reasonably okay. But I'm I'm just is if it, I'm just curious if they're going yellow or if they're kind of looking deformed. If they start looking deformed, like sort of, um, uh, what's what's the word? Well, just sort of, you know, like they start looking. Not just yellow. If they're kind of wilting in and sort of getting mushy, no, I would pull no. them out. No, it's a total just yellowing and then dying. It's just yeah, tipping it's, over. Okay. Yep. Yeah, send me a picture and I'll have a look. Thanks, Thank Peter. Okay. Thank All right. You very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Good morning. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Um, when I mentioned on my own fertilizer, actually, I just I just did my second one a couple of weeks ago or three weeks ago, getting ready for the last one coming up at the end of August. I typically do it first week or so in September. I usually do my third fertilization for the for the season, and uh, on my on my three stage fertilizer program. And where are we at here? I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to go to Ella. Good morning, Ella. Good morning. Okay, I have a you. mystery for you. Okay. Um, down in Lethbridge against one of the uh, hotels and their flower garden, they've got the most interesting plant that grows up about four feet or maybe a little more, and its leaves are a little bigger than a man's hand all spread out. Mm-hmm. And it is um, purpley green, a dark, a dark purpley green. And it has um, pom-pom red um, be, uh, flowers on it. They're, they grow in clusters. Hmm. It's a vine or a shrub? Uh, no, it, just um, up against it's the not building. a shrub. It's, it's just a, a plant. And there's red pom-pom flowers. Yes. Huh. I've never seen them anywhere else. Huh. I wonder, I'm just trying to think and rattle in my head. Like, There's some hollyhocks that are red, like big red pom-poms that kind of look like clusters going up. You know what? It is not a hollyhock. Okay. Because the, the leaves, like I say, uh, they're um, like a man's hands spread out. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to, uh, maybe if someone's down in, you said in Lethbridge? Yeah. So maybe someone's down in Lethbridge can send us a picture and uh, maybe I can help you out. Okay, but, but I'll keep thinking about what uh, what it is. If big red palm, yeah, or anybody else has uh, seen it down there, let us know. They're, yeah, they're they're fluffy. They grow uh, like almost clusters of berries, and it's the most interesting plant. Yeah, are they berries or are they flowers? They're flowers. Okay, because I know um, like a lot of the choke cherries and things like that. Right now, the some of the berries are just that bright red. They look awesome in a lot of the plants. So. Yeah, no, actually, curious. Now you got my curiosity. I'm gonna have to take a drive down to Lethbridge and check it out. <laughs> right. Okay. Thank and that's at the where? What building is it at? Sandman. At the Sandman Hotel. Right on on Scenic Drive. Nice. Maybe call him down there and see if he can text you a picture of it. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Ella. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah, no, I'd laugh. So, so if anybody's near the Sandman down there, uh, let, let's uh, find out what that plant is. Curious. Okay, let's go to Stephen. Is a fertilizer question. Good morning, Stephen. Hi. Hey. Um, quick question for you. Um, I, I I like using fertilizer on my lawn to get you know to get it yep. beautiful looking, but we have two small dogs, yep. and they seem to be affected by 
by the fertilizer affects their breathing, uh, uh, burns their paws. Uh, what do you recommend for really? fertilizing your lawn but not hurting your pets? Um, I've never had any issue with our fertilizer. If it's applied properly at so small dose, like, you know, you go over it, you go... I go at a really slow rate, and I go one way, and I go the other way, and then if you water it in right away, like the little things disappear. So I, I've never really had any issues. Okay. I, I'm probably the worst example. Like I, I do it in my bare feet. Like I. <laughs> so, but if it is, if you if you do come in heavy contact in a heavy spot, there it, it isn't great. Like if your hands are in it all the time, like that with the fertilizer. Because I did actually have a guy um, text me. Um, a while ago, about that because I'd I'd done one of my videos on on our on our Facebook page, and I was out there in my Birkenstocks fertilizing, and uh, he was just suggesting that it's probably not the best idea. But um, I, yeah, I've, I really haven't had any issue if it's just applied properly, and as long as you're not too heavy or anything, like there shouldn't be any issues. So, so um, watering it in is okay to do, right? Absolutely. Thought, yeah, it's not um, going to hurt it. Yeah, because you know we're not dealing in the weed and feed or anything anymore. So if you if you if you if you fertilize, because it's all slow release. Like each of those pellets is a slow release. Sure. Um, so the sooner sooner it gets water on it, the the sooner it starts working, right? Because it starts yeah. dissolving it into your soil. So if you applied it. And uh, and then hit it with the fertilizer way through your irrigation system or your sprinklers on right away. Um, you, you should be totally fine. And imagine if you left the grass a little bit higher and it worked its Absolutely. way down into the roots. That's yep. even better. Yep. So, yep. okay. You should Thank have you. no problem at all. Oh, so there are companies out there that recommend. Uh, you know, they call them. Uh, pet friendly or organic fertilizers, whatever that means. Is that, is that no? And I, and I think. Um, I think some of the stuff can be used as an advertising thing. So, because I think before when we used to have the weed and feed things like that, that I would right. be worried more about. Sure. And if it's in heavy, heavy concentration of fertilizer, so um, I, I, I think you're totally fine with most of them. So, so when you when you say they've done away with the weed and feed, how do you deal with the weeds then with the fertilizer, new fertilizers? Well, the new fertilizers, like mine helps choke it out because I have a high middle number. Most of the fertilizers sure. you see, um, they don't have it, so the weeds. Okay. So, but Kentucky bluegrass, um, for the most part, is really invasive, so it'll choke out a lot of weeds. Sure. So okay. I just spot spray. Um, okay. And honestly, this year, I've seen a couple of dandelions, but never to the point where they're blooming, and um, it just chokes them out. And uh, but awesome. I do spot spray with with Killex. I just just give it a, I just give each one a spot spray. I never spray the whole lawn or anything like okay. that. But awesome. that's it. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. Bye bye. All right, looks like I need to take another break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. I'm going to go to Deborah. Good morning, Deborah. Morning. How are you? Good, good. How are you doing? I'm pretty good, thanks. How can I help so you? I have a 10-year-old maple yep. that I believe did not overwinter properly, so it's beautiful. The leaves are great. Everything looks healthy on it except for the top two feet are bare completely. Yeah. And I'm wondering, is there anything I can do now or do I just cross my fingers for next year? I think, yeah, those I would probably prune out now. If you caught that earlier in the summer, 
like, um, and noticed that wouldn't do it. Um, Rage Plus is a product that I would use to help push life back into, but depends. You can scratch those ones. If you still see some green on there, I would give it some Rage Plus. If not, I would just prune them out. Rage Plus has been known to push the tissue back up into and bring the tissue back to life. I've seen it do it in a lot of birch trees and things like that. Um, it works really, really quite well. Um, other than that, it just it was from last couple of years when we've had those dry falls and those early frosts. Yeah. And it's hard on maples, birch, aspen, some of the fruit trees. It's just it's it's so hard on. It. Like when we go from plus twenty to minus. I think we had between some parts of the city were between minus 12 to minus 18 in that in last September. So that's yeah. cold. Like that's freezing solid. So it's, yeah. it, it's hard on our plants. So. so it's not too, is it too late in the season for Rage Plus or? No, that's what I'm just saying. Scratch it. If you see some green yeah. still up in yeah. there, give it, give it some Rage Plus. Um, if it look, if you're not getting any green, I would just prune those dead ones out. I think it's still alive up there because I like, there's the odd random leaf. Like, so okay, some leaves that's some... good then. Yeah, so hit it with yeah. some Rage Plus. Give it a good okay. deep watering and then hit it like every week for the next three or four weeks with a, with a bucket of Rage Plus. And okay. uh, let me know. I'm curious to see if anything happens. Yeah, maybe I'll send you a before and after. That'd be awesome. Okay, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. All right, where are we at? I got a little bit of time. I'm going to go to Bob. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Merle. How can I help you? I, I've got wild chamomile, I believe, uh, along yeah. of my driveway and sidewalk. Yeah, it looks beautiful, looks gorgeous, but it's very invasive. Yes, yes. Uh, so what I did, I don't know, uh, I stripped out uh, sod about a foot wide, it's two to three inches deep. Yep. I was going to spray Roundup on it yep. before I lay the sod. Is that fine? Um, is there anything there? Like, is there anything growing? No. Well, like, I'm below the sod. Yeah, no. It, Roundup won't do anything. Roundup only kills what it touches. When it hits the soil, it becomes sterile. Okay. So it has to attack the chlorophyll in the plant, and it stops the leaves from feeding. That's how... That's how the glyphosate works, like in, in Roundup. Oh, okay. So it has to hit foliage. So, and that's why Roundup is actually fairly safe. Like it only kills what it touches, and it has to touch the green, like of the chlorophyll in the leaves, and then it stops it from feeding that way. So I should just lay the saw down then? Yep. No, if you've done that, you're putting new soil in. Um, yeah, you're, you should be totally fine. Yeah, I, I'm in the northwest, and the soil is very poor. It's it's hard clay. Yep. Most. So I, I'm going to spread some good soil down on top of it. Yep. And then if you, again, use our fertilizer, help get the roots down there nice and deep, you should be totally fine. Yep. Grass. Right. Yeah. If you get a couple of good two or three inches of good soil, you'll be fine. So I can put your fertilizer down before I lay this off? Absolutely. Yep. Before or after, you can put it on top or, or underneath it either way. Okay. And then I've got, uh, so you guys removed a bunch of uh, uh, Swedish aspen that were dying from some disease. Yeah. Forget the name of it now. Now I've got suckers coming up everywhere. What's the best way to deal with those? <laughs> um, that is, it's a bit of either you dig the roots out, because um, those are hard because they send out a lot of roots. Right. Um, so either you uh, you dig the roots out and pull them up and then just 
replant, and they come up fairly easy. I'll be honest, like the because they're they're usually close to the surface. So once you find a couple of them, you can just pull them up. And if you're doing some lawn patching, anyways, maybe do the roots first, pull everything up, and then just patch it in there and put some loam on top, and the grass will fill in. Oh, okay. Or you can just spot spray with Roundup. Depends if the roots are close to the soil, because then you'd want to pull them out anyways. Right. But if if the roots aren't showing just the suckers, you can just paint Roundup on those. Yes, that's what uh, on YouTube is showing somebody was doing. Yeah, you, you can do it that way as well. Roundup. Yep, just, just paint it on the leaves and just get one of those sponges or right. even a rubber glove and a cloth and you just stick it in there and then just rub it all over the leaves. Uh, all over the leaves? Oh. Yeah, that way you don't spray it onto your grass. Okay, right on. All right. Great, thanks a lot, Merle. You're welcome. Take, take care. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and uh, 10.05 already on a gorgeous day, August the 9th. Where is the summer going? It's flying by. Um, I got a couple spots left on the phone in if you want to uh, get in line. 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And I'm going to go, actually, I'm going to go down to Gail because she, uh, she's going to help us with our mystery plant. Good morning, Gail. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How are you? I'm good. The name of the plant is a castor. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The castor bean? Pardon me. The castor bean. Yes. Yeah, they're um, they're they're a little bit uh, poisonous too. Yeah, we have those oh, in the there. garden center. Yeah. Yeah. No, but they're beautiful. Yeah. They love the heat. Yeah, they do. They they actually they make a great centerpiece. We we sell them, and a lot of people like them in their gardens and that. So, yeah, yeah that makes sense. I guess they have that cluster of uh, the yellow the thing that they have. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're a beautiful beautiful plant. But I I have a question for you. Yeah, by all means. I had a honeysuckle vine that was doing beautifully for many years. And two years it went on vacation. Two years ago it went on vacation and it hasn't grown. It's very scrappy in the early spring. Yeah. The leaves come up, they're all curled. You're probably getting infested with aphids. Oh really? The okay. aphids love honeysuckles. So okay. it's one of those ones you gotta treat early, like as soon as they start leafing out. Mm-hmm. Um, and treat them with the pure spray green sort of once a week. Okay. And it also helps with powdery mildew, which also affects the, the honeysuckle. Okay. So if you treat them early and get on it, um, you usually can get them through it. Okay. And, uh, and then that way you'll get those nice gorgeous. Because when they're nice, they're, there's nothing really nicer. Like they're a great mm-hmm. looking plant. Yes, they are. And if you're getting lots of deadwood in it, um, okay. don't hesitate to cut, take them right down to the ground and rejuvenate them. That's what I did. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. Well, awesome. thank you very much. So just ensure you give it some good food because it's going to need a lot of energy because all that, okay. it's going to, uh, anything that's stored in that root system is going to go up in new growth. So. Great. Okay. Well, Perfect. thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go to Terry. Good morning, Terry. How can I help you? Uh, yeah. Well, I've got a hawthorn tree here. Okay. And it's about 15 years old and Two Septembers ago, we had a heavy snowfall here. Yeah. And it broke off about uh, five branches. Now, it uh, last year and this year, it leafed out and all the leaves are starting to turn brown. Okay. 
Are, no. Is it just brown from the ends, or are you getting dots, or? It's just the uh, the leaves just shrivel right up and turn brown and uh, fall off. Hmm. The the whole branch seems to be uh, did, dying. Okay. When when on those broken branches, did you prune them properly to get nice clean cuts, and so they could heal? I pruned them back to uh, the main stalk, but there's a couple that it had peeled uh, uh, the bark down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it could be a little, it's just, I, I would say it's suffering a bit. And uh, and when you're getting those brown things, I'm just wondering if you have any other issues. Because sometimes they get the leaf miner or if they dry out as well. Like if they if it happened to get a little bit dry, the, the leaves on those um, hawthorns will do that. So... Okay, so uh, should a person uh, cut back these uh, branches that are... Uh, yeah, if they're just dead and that, just cut them right back and okay. uh, cut them off, unfortunately. so Yeah, some yeah. of those storms and hawthorns are bad because they, they're heavy clusters and they're actually, a, they're not a super hardwood and when the weight of the snow, they seem to break fairly easy. They're like an Amir cherry and some of those ones. So. Yes. Yeah, that's when all the problems started with it. Anyway. No, and that's what happens. It opens up the wounds, and so it could be a fungus getting in there. There's a couple of things. So you might want to even treat it with copper spray. Oh, okay. And uh, that might help. But a lot of it, like the damage is done this year, but you could treat it with the copper spray. But then next spring when it starts coming out, I would treat it at that point when the new leaves are coming out and maybe give it a soil drench with the fungicide. Okay. All righty. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks, Terry. Bye-bye. All right, and let's go to Les. Good morning, Les. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Yes, I have a plant in uh, a flower garden at the back here. It's it's kind of a fern. Yeah. Now, a friend of mine said that it's a weed. I don't know. Another friend says that they're edible. I sent you a a text that right at about two minutes after nine this morning on. On both your lines, because I live up Pine Lake, of course. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you've got the text, but yeah, they're they're kind of a fern. They get a right now. They're about maybe a foot, foot and a half high. Um, I don't know anything about them. That's uh, yeah. If they're if they're fiddlehead fern, um, those ones. I don't think they're fiddlers. I I I kind of know what they look like, but okay. I could be wrong. But yeah, yeah. I, I didn't see. Um, any of the of the text to be honest at nine with any ferns so i'm not too sure why i didn't get it um if you wanted to try again it said the same phone number you called in there's a few different ferns but is it one that uh like it's a really wide leaf at the at the back where it comes off the plant and then it narrows down it branches off it looks like a, a, a really fine fine uh fern leaf okay no flowers or anything not yet no or okay well that's good um i've got it planted with my in with the delphiniums and uh okay and the lilies eh? yeah yeah i i'm still looking if you maybe want to try and send it one more time to the nine seven four eight two five five and i'll and i'll see if i can i'll I'll send it i'll send it right away then okay yeah Uh, if it's a weed, I mean, I, I don't care because I like the plant, and it's in a place where it can't spread. It's uh, up against a shed, and then there's a oh, deck, which is, which is a steel. Uh, the deck is a steel uh, deck. It's an yeah. old um, uh, oil oil rig um, platform. Okay, perfect. 
So they can't, I mean, it can't go anywhere. I mean, it, yeah, no, and if you well, like it, if it's not hurting anything, that's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> so. we have these, uh, we also have these uh, purple oh, flowers that grow really tall right, along our road up here, but they're really invasive. Okay, I got one. I got your text. Is this one you said? Can you tell me, is this plant edible, my yeah, neighbor? Yeah. yeah, I didn't get the picture, though. I got your text, but there's no picture. Okay, well, I'll try it again. That was on the 8255 because I forgot to put my name on that one, but yeah. I put my name on the one. Yeah. No, sorry, that's the, the out of town number. Yeah, I, I got your one, one on the, I... yeah, whatever one you sent it here. Yeah. I got your last. Yep, if you just text okay. text well, it again with the picture. the other one to 8255, and I put my name on it. I'm, yeah, I that's what I'm reading. I... That's what I'm reading. It has your name on it, but yeah. there's no picture. Okay, I'll, I'll send it again. Awesome. Thanks, Les. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And again, uh, we went through some calls there fairly quickly. So if you want to get on the phone lines, we have a few empty spots. 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. Always just like to let you know because I know sometimes it's harder to get through to the show at uh, on these months when we're super busy. But I'm going to go to Angie. Good morning, Angie. Good morning, Meryl. How can I, love, I help you? I love your show. Thank you. I have you. just one question. What happened to Mary? We miss her. Yeah, I know. She's just taking a break for a while. Okay. Yeah. So no, she's she's enjoying good. the sun down in High River, yes. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, what's, uh, let's go to Linda. Good morning, Linda. Hi. My Saskatoons are about 25 years old. They're 15 feet high. Yeah. How low can I prune them down to? Um, what is the reason for pruning them? Um, the berries are only on the very top. <laughs> you can't reach them. Yeah. Uh, I see. Um, they're, they're not really meant to be pruned a whole lot, though, right? Because then oh. they're just going to shoot up to that height again anyways. Okay. Because um, that's the height of how they are. You can thin them out and they and then to get them to to give you more fruit lower. Are they Are they losing the sun on the lower part of it? Like yeah. be up against the fence, yeah. yeah. So that's the main reason. Actually, I was golfing uh, on Friday at the Mackenzie, and I was eating on, on the what was it the tenth, tenth and eleventh hole and the twelfth hole. There's Saskatoon all on the line up there. So I had uh, a bunch of handfuls of Saskatoon. So man, they're so good at this time of year. But yes, that is the main reason. Is this they're you're not getting the sun on the lower part. So no matter if you try and prune them, they're just going to shoot up to the sun again. Well, we're pruning other things out around them so they get more sun. Yep, that, that'll that definitely help. But I still have to prune them to get them down to a height that I can reach. Yeah, but I, like I said, when you prune them, they're just going to shoot right back up, like from that spot wherever you try and keep them at a height. Because mm-hmm. they're normally, like, they like to get to that. But they'll also shoot higher because of the fence or where they're getting shade. So if they're if they're getting more sun at the base on the lower part, they will stay a little lower. They don't have to shoot for the sun as much. Okay. If that makes sense, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and the birds have made rings on them, a ring around the stem. The... Yeah, you probably have the yellow-bellied sapsucker. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they love getting in there, and they love sucking the juices out of those. So another way you can do it, like when you want to harvest, um, you can wrap a, a rope or something around the branches, and you can pull them down gently to a point where you can get them lower and just stick a stake in the ground, you know, bring them down to harvest, and then uh, and then let them back up. 
there's a couple of ways or trying to get some more sun in the bottom. You can try and thin them down a bit, but like I said, they're just really going to shoot back up. Okay. Well, we'll we'll go with the pruning caragana out around them so they get more sun. Yeah, that'll definitely help. Okay. Alrighty. But I do have to prune somewhat. Yeah, if you want to take them down, like I said, if to thin them down a bit, you can. Just try not to go into too thick of branches, um, like nothing bigger than your pinky sort of thing, like thicker, okay. because then you, they don't heal right and you open it up for funguses and stuff like that, which Saskatoons can tend to get. Okay. Um, when I'm thinning them out in that, can I bring them down to the five-foot level? You, you can definitely, um, but like I said, when you do that, they're just going to shoot right back up. Yeah. So to try and keep them there, it's it's going to be tough on you. Okay. All righty. Thanks, Earl. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, yeah, never an easy answer on those ones because a lot of times trees are just meant to grow, and especially the fruit. They won't, if, they, if you keep pruning them at a certain height, they won't um, produce any fruit for you because they're they just keep they're, they're concentrated on regrowing, and you're cutting off the buds when they set the for the bloom the the previous year. Um, actually, I might as well take a break right now. If you'd like to join me, there's a couple spots: four zero three nine seven four eight two five five or one eight hundred five six three seven 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 zero. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, Calgary's full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go to Neil. He has a greenhouse. Good morning, Neil. Yeah, hi. I've got a kind of a homemade greenhouse. It's a single-car garage that you used to put a tarp over, but I put plastic over. Okay. And I got the ends pretty well open. Anyway, I planted all these heritage tomatoes. I started them in the house, and I moved them out in first of june yeah and i had yellow flowers and everything but there was no tomatoes and then so i thought what the heck's going on so i put a fan in there anyway it didn't seem to make much difference well about a month ago i started noticing little baby tomatoes starting yeah uh, before that the yellow flowers would die and that was it and uh, so now i'm loaded up with all these tomatoes but i wondered why would the yellow flower like see now they're they're still green some are fist size yeah but they're by the time frost comes you know, I'm going to still, and what I'm saying is I'd like my tomatoes to start earlier. And yeah, they, they do need to get pollinated, right? Like, so you need, like, either bees or something to to cross-pollinate them? Well, I even tried with the paintbrush. Yeah. Um, that probably help, um, but yeah, that's that's the main reason. And we, it it was a cooler. I know even this year, like I've just got my first, and these are just cherry tomatoes. I just got my yeah. first ripe one, like this oh, past really? week. Yeah, and like my plant, I, honestly, I probably have five hundred tomatoes on it. But on this first <laughs> week, I just finally got some ripe ones because, I, like I said, I like to eat them when, in the mornings when I'm out there watering yeah. when they're nice and cool. They have the sugar contents a little bit higher. Um, but yeah, just finally getting some ripe ones now. Oh, so yours in a greenhouse? No, mine are just on the deck, but I'm south facing oh. hot, okay. like hot, yeah. hot. So, well, these plants I got, they're like four and a half feet high and that big around, but I put page wire around them and, um, and stake it in. So I kind of uh, tie them back yeah, up. Air, air flow is very important for them. Um, and also just that cross pollination, are bees in that able to get in? 
Well, they could, but they don't seem to. I've never seen a bee in there. Yeah, you need that. That would definitely help if you can open up the, if you can create some roll-up flaps or something. Oh, I got them. Yeah, I do. I have it wide open on both ends. Okay. Well, half wide open, like half the flap. Yeah. So a lot of times you don't notice when the bees go out too. Like I don't see them very often, but I see them every oh, yeah. so often. So I know they're doing their thing because I'm yep. starting to see lots of tomatoes now. So, um, yeah. I'm getting lots now. It's Good. just slow. Yeah, but now we just needed that heat too, right? Like it was, we had a cool, it was wet and cool for a long time here. Oh, it was, yeah. So yeah. tomatoes love that heat. And once they get going, um, when we said hopefully we can continue on, hopefully uh, they'll give us a, a good good, uh, good November, fall. Hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we deserve <laughs> it after this year. Holy cow. All okay, right. thanks a lot, Merle. You've got a great show. Thanks. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Take okay. care. Bye-bye. All right. I should probably take... Did I take a break or am I due for a break? Yeah? I don't need a break. Okay. I wasn't too sure. But yeah, now I remember I took one. All right. Let's go to... Let's go to Betty. Good morning, Betty. Morning, Merle. Hi. How can I help you? Um, my raspberries this year, I've had a problem with the leaves being all eaten up, little holes in them. Yeah. I've noticed ants. And I, I found some little green, uh, wormy-looking things on them. Yeah, there's a product you can use is uh, BTK. It's, it's. I know. I'm not sure if we have it. If you can't find it, um, Pure Spray Green will also work on that. Okay. Um, and that's. I uh, know we've had a lot of those this year. Um, a lot of little like, caterpillars and. Uh, yeah, I've never had any problem with my raspberries before and i've had them a long time but yeah, this year they're just really infested yeah and a lot of that goes in cycles so it's just your turn it's <laughs> all right yeah so um can you put that on when the, 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 the pure spray green on? you can yes but just read the directions it tells you so many days before harvest yeah with the pure spray green because it's a pharmaceutical grade mineral oil so it more suffocates them so okay Okay, so that's pure... Pure spray green. Spray? Yeah, green. And do you get that where? At At our garden center, we have it down at Spruce It Up, if you're near there. Uh, I'm in Red Deer. Um, I'm not too sure. Red Deer, you can can check Parkland. And uh, I know they have a garden center up there or something like that. And also look for BTK is another product. It might be easier to find up there. BTK. Yeah. Okay. um, Now, can can I uh, give it a good spray after the fruit's off? Absolutely. Would that be a good idea? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then what, in the spring again, maybe? Yeah, first thing in the spring. Just make sure you do a really good cleanup this fall of all the leaves and that. Give it a good cleanup around it. Water it in well. Give it a good fertilizer, 15-30-15, and you'll be good to go. Okay, thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And uh, if you are calling in, try to turn your radio off in the background because it probably makes you hard to follow the conversation because you're hearing us on the delay as well. So, um... And let's go to Roy. Good morning, Roy. Hey, how are you? Good, good. How are you? Good, thanks. Um, so I bought this little cherry tree about five, six years ago. I don't remember exactly what kind it was. Yeah. But uh, it produces every year really nice. It's full. It's full of these little cherries. Uh, they're really good. But um, reading up on it after I purchased it, it 
uh, they said it would probably get to at least 12 feet high. It hasn't grown in six years. Um, and the uh, the trunk of it went white after the, probably the second year. Went white. Yeah, it went white. And I'm not sure why, but it still produces every year. It still, you know, looks huh. okay. But I'm just wondering. I wonder what, if that's just like a mildew or a powdery mildew on there or something, or is it the bark? The bark actually went white. Huh. Like, is it, does it have shredded leaves or shiny leaves? Um, well, let me think. They're not, they're not that shiny. Okay, I wonder, are they tiny little cherries, or are they, like, closer to the BC type? They look just like the BC, but they're small. Yeah, and they're a brighter red. Yeah, well, they they can actually get pretty dark. Okay, like, how big are they? Like, would you say, like, a pea, or more like a grape? More like a small grape, Okay, because I'm just wondering if they're Nanking cherries, if they have the sort of a shredded rough leaf, then that's more like a Nanking cherry where you get clusters more like a shrub. But if it's a tree, like I'm just wondering if it's the Crimson or any of the Romance series. Because uh, some of them, like they're not fast growing, but they should they should keep growing on you. You should be getting some growth on there. So, But a lot of people are be happy with that. You got them low, you don't have to reach up. You don't have to get high to get you all your fruit. <laughs> if that if that helps. Hello. I think we lost them. All right. Anyways, I got to take a break for the news so that all works out. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go to the phone line, and I'm going to go to Carmelita. Hello. Hi there. How can I help you? Did I get that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for picking up my call. I have uh, two apple trees in my yard. One is the yellow one, and one is the red one. I'm not really specific, know the specific name of it. But the problem is that the leaves are getting yellow, and there are lots of dead branches, so I have to cut it at this time, summer, or I don't know what season I should cut. Yeah, how big is, how big is the tree? The tree is about 30, 35 years old. Oh, okay. Really an old tree, and the bark is, uh, there is a bark uh, that is really black, like a lightning strike on it or something. Yeah, and you could have some fire blight or just some physical damage at one time or something. I would I would definitely call an arborist in to have a look at it and get it thinned out and uh, cleaned up because it makes all the difference when a when a nice big apple tree is uh, is looked That's after. It's really big, but uh, it's fairly tall, but not really like the, those apple trees that I've seen in the community. But it's it's pretty old. It's pretty old, and the leaves are really yellowish. And they is, just is it the whole tree is going yellow, or just certain branches? No, no certain branches. Yeah, those are the on ones. The yeah, those are the ones. There's probably some damage or maybe a blight in there. So I would definitely call an arborist in just to get those all cleaned up, and uh, that way we it'll cannot, heal. We cannot do it ourselves. Like well, I you, know. you can do it if it's a bigger tree. Just getting up there, you just sometimes oh. if you're not pruning a tree properly, especially apples, you can cause more harm than good. Because oh, once you yeah. once you cut it off, you can't glue it back on, right? So, oh, I see. Okay. So on certain trees, it's worth the investment of of getting an arborist in, or or make sure you yeah. you look on Google really good. I see. Okay. <laughs> it, it's just tough, I- like you know, like apple, like it just pruning is one that. 
if you leave stumps or if you cut it too close to the trunk, you can you can cause more harm than good. Like I I always recommend using a certified arborist. Yeah. Um, uh, and our team at Prune It Up do a great job. So. I see. I uh, also, sir, may I add? I have also two uh, pear tree. Oh, nice. Uh, and uh, they really those four uh, two apples and two pear trees. They really bear lots of fruits. And this time. My one of my pear tree have tiny, tiny leaves, but abundance of fruits. Yep. So, so that, I don't know what happens. That, that, that cause, yeah. Well, what happened is all the energy went into the fruit. So mm-hmm. trees and Mother Nature is very smart, right? Like, so if it knows if it has lots of fruit on it like that, more of the energy goes to the fruit and not into leaves. Yeah, the leaves. Okay. Yeah. So just ensure that you really feed those right now, even with zero ten ten. Any of your fruit trees right now, uh-huh. you want to fertilize with zero ten ten. You don't want to give them any nitrogen, but we do want to build the phosphate up on, in the middle number. So zero ten ten for those. Zero, I will list it down. The zero. 10, 10, right? Yep. yep. And what is this fertilizer, sir, for, for, for fate? No, it's 0-10-10. Yeah, yeah, you want the higher middle number, but you don't want to give it any nitrogen at this time. Uh-huh. But the 0 10, 10 is great for your apple trees and the fruit trees that we have if you want to fertilize in the fall. Oh, in the fall. Okay. Yeah. And if you're going to fertilize your fruit trees in the summer or early spring, 15-30-15. Yes. 15 15, 13, 15? Yeah, 15, 30, oh, 15. 30. Yeah. 50 High, or 15? 15. 15. Yeah. Okay, 15, 30. It's a, it's a flowering 15. fertilizer, so. Oh, I see. But, yeah, I would definitely get someone to look at that tree. Probably just needs to get thinned out, and that will give you many more years of uh, of life to it. Yeah, how long do you think the life of a 35-year-old tree? Well, they, they, can go for, they can go for a long time if they're really? looked after properly. Absolutely. Yeah, I was just in. I was, there are lots of fruits, though. Yeah, that's that's good. Day. I was I was just in uh, Earlton um, at a consult last Sunday after the show. I stopped at a house, and they had the most gorgeous ornamental crabs. Like these things, they they thought were close to about 80, 90 years old. Like they're oh, just beautiful. 80, Be- 90 years old. Yeah, wow. and they were just, they had them pruned properly, and they were just gorgeous, gorgeous trees. So, yeah, look after your trees. Oh, thank you. All thank right. you very Thanks, much. Thanks, Carmelita. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I tell you, time for one more here. We'll go to Rick. Good morning, Rick. Good morning. How, how can I help you? Um, how do I kill the grass that's growing up through my blueberry bush? Uh, I was just looking at that text. I was uh, wondering what to, what to do for you. Um, it's a tough one because you can either just paint Roundup onto the grass or you just got to get in there and pull it out. It, it's a, it's hard, right? Because it's yeah. uh, you can't you don't really want to use anything because if you spray on it, you're gonna want to kill your your blueberry. But if you just want to get us like a small paintbrush and paint some Roundup onto the leaves of the grass, you could do oh, that. Yeah. But if there's lots, it's just getting in there, digging it out, and try and get at it when it's smaller. Like just go at it hard, hard right now, pull it all out, and then when it starts coming up again, just hit it with the Roundup. Like this, this paint on when it's smaller, but it's it. That's about all you can do. Okay, it's just a uh, little bit of work. Yeah, you bet. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Rick. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Yeah, th- those ones are tough. If it's one of those ones where you procrastinate an extra week or so, you look at ah, there's just only a couple of weeds. If you get out there, one of my favorite. 
tools is that three-prong cultivator because if you if you get out there when everything's small you just give it a good quick cultivate it pulls up a lot of those little weeds when they're small it aerates your soil and it just it makes a big difference and a lot of the weeds you don't even have to pull up once you just cultivate it a couple times they just sit on top they dry up and, and go away um, but that is probably one of the best uh, tools you can get. I like the half moon edger and my three prong cultivator, and uh, I'm pretty much set for, for the garden. I, you can do a lot with those two tools out in your out in your garden to to keep them looking good. And I'm going to take a quick break here. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines and chat with Barbara. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. How can I help you? I have an old spruce. It's about 40 years old, and I'm trying. It's on the north side, but because it's so tall, it does get a lot of light at the top. And I've got spruce budworm. All my neighbors don't have. Yeah. And they take the lower branches off. I like a skirt, but then if that's what's causing the problem, I do leave... The needles and pine cones around it to Which is good. Help. But I was wondering, should I clean those away and put fresh mulch to help? I don't know what to do. Yeah. Have you treated it for the spruce budworm at all? I did in the past. Haven't currently. Maybe that's what I should be doing. Yeah, because if you get it bad, it's a nasty little bug. Like, it just it goes after them and just strips all the, a lot of the growth off of it, right? Yeah. And they, yeah, so I would look at getting it treated and, uh, and do that and then just ensure that you're, you're using the fertilizer in the spring 301010, give it some, so it can fight back with lots of new growth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's a tough one, De- but definitely needs to be treated. That spruce budworm is, uh, it's devastating to something. And it's weird. It only goes after, like I said, I was just at a consult at another house and same thing, they had one, uh, they probably had about 30 spruce trees, but this one in the middle was just devastated by the spruce budworm. It's just like they kept picking on it, picking on it, picking mm-hmm. on it. So like the poor kid in the in the playground, right? It just went after that one, and it just over and over. Mm-hmm. So they seem to, once they get weak, they seem to keep going after them. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's odd, too, because none of my neighbors have it, none of them. Yeah, no, and like I said, I just seen this, honestly, the, the, the gentleman had 20, 30 trees in his backyard, gorgeous yard, but this one tree was just um, just chewed like crazy on it, so. So is, how often should it get treated? Is it too um, late to It's treat? usually every spring is when they come out on the, like, just after the new growth comes out mm-hmm. and to get under control, but you might want to do a good cleanup and maybe give the, the base a really good spray. And maybe clean it up, and maybe put the fresh mulch. They'll help because maybe they're laying their eggs in the in the base of that. That's what I'm wondering. Too. Yeah, so maybe give it a really good cleanup, spray the soil, and then uh, start fresh that way. And what should I spray it with? I, I would usually use BTK on it. Um, you could use that ambush or pure spray green, um, and just do a soil drench. Um, it's a tough one. That's uh, those little worms are nasty. Have it done in the spring. Does your guys do it? Um, they do. We can set up spraying for you. They, they can do it through the um, through our printed up division. Because it is a very tall tree. Yeah. So we might have to up. look at doing an injection on it too. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times that's better. They just they they inject it with a systemic, and then when they start eating it, they die off that way. Mm-hmm. You you have 
have systemic so because it, it's not available to the no, public. No, it's not it? available to the public, only through our, our licensed applicators. So. That's what I thought as well. Yeah. Super. Uh, yep, they've taken a lot of that stuff away. It's probably good and bad, but it makes it hard because our canopy of trees are getting decimated with the birch leaf miner, things like that, mm-hmm. that are um, would get treated easily with with some of the systemics we used to have, but, Mm -hmm. but some people don't know how to use them. And, uh, so we have to, uh, (laughs) it's just like everything else right now. Right. Yes, that's true. All right. Thank you. And I will phone your, your store and see if I can set something up. It's too late now. I should leave. Yeah, but you can, yeah, you can call the prune it up guys. Um, we have a, if you go to our website, there's a, uh, a tab for prune it up. You can set up an appointment and Mark can come out and have a look at it and get you set up. Super. Thank you so much, and thank you for taking my call. Of course. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. And without you guys calling in, my show would not be very good. You just have to listen to me babble on for two hours. So uh, it's good that we get so many great callers, and I like it because it's um, we learn a lot from each other, and that's uh, one thing about gardeners. We love to share our successes of when we do something, and we're also not afraid to ask if, if things aren't going quite right because we don't want to be that uh, that guy with the one that's not looking good. So gardening, gardening uh, I think the whole world could learn something from gardeners. Like we, we like to share and work together, do all that fun stuff. So we should all be more gardeners. All right, I'm going to go to Joyce. Good morning, Joyce. Good morning. How can I help you? I planted some strawberries in uh, medium-sized pots, and I was wondering if there's any way to keep them over the winter. Um, they they will if they're in big pots. There's there's a good chance you can cover them up like with a, a good mulch or something um, over the winter time. Water them in well. I like to move those pots into somewhere of a shady spot so it stays cooler and frozen more for the winter. Okay. And then move them back out into a sunny spot in the because I know I, I've done it with lots of succulents like hens and chicks and different things like that sedums. Mm-hmm. Um, and some and strawberries have a shallow root system. It's just if you leave them out in the full sun with no cover, they just sort of the, all the soil just desiccates and dries right. up over the winter. If we get one of our warm winters and our chinooks and things like that, which we love, which is a lot harder on our plants than what we think is the cold is what kills them. But a lot of times it's our chinooks that right. warm. So would they keep in a cold room? Um, they very well could. Yeah, if it's if it's nice and cool, you could just put them down there, let them go dormant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unheated garage. Um, but they will, like I said, if they're in a big enough pot, if you have a shady spot in the outside, beside the house or something, you can just stick them somewhere, that would work as well. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you very much because yeah. we've enjoyed them this year. Yeah, I know. They, they're, uh, fresh strawberries are uh, something else. <laughs> Every morning. <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you, Joyce. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, I pro- actually, I'm going to take a break right now because we're at our last uh, break, and then I've got a few calls to go through when we get back. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. i got one question here. Can I use compost as a mulch instead of wood chips? I have a lot of compost... That looks very nice around my perennials. You can, but just ensure that it's gone through the decomposing process. Like, make sure it's two or three years old. You don't want to put fresh compost on um, too early because you can you can end up burning your soil, burning your plants. And also, if it's if it hasn't gone through the composting process, 
it'll actually pull um, nutrients out of your soil to decompose. Um, we have a green it up soil enhancer that we work with uh, a gentleman just on the north side of Calgary. They pull off the racetrack and they do a nice blend with some wood chips, manures, a couple things. And it works great for that. You put it on two or three inches thick, put it over top of your soil, and then you just work it in in the spring and put a little bit more. But it gives you that really nice darker soil look, and it works as a mulch as well, and it feeds feeds all your plants. So if you're looking for something like that, we do have it in bulk as well. I'm going to go to the phone lines and chat with Judy. Good morning, Judy. Good morning. How are you? Well, I'm curious about... I need to know about hollyhocks. Okay. I've had um, them along my fence for a number of years. They keep multiplying. I have many of them. But most of them never grow more than a foot tall. And I've got one that's now about three feet tall. They never flower. And then the leaves get all kind of bumps on them and kind of yellow and die off. Yeah, you might be getting powdery mildew. Is it in a shadier spot? No, it's full sun. Huh, that's unusual. Because um, you should, those are usually pretty... The only thing I'd think of, if, have you been feeding them at all? I have, yes. Okay, and what type of fertilizer? I used, um, I used uh, six, what is it, 15, the 30, the, the flowering fertilizer? Okay. 15, 30, 15. Yeah, the only thing, yeah, that it sounds like you should be doing it right. Just ensure that it's getting lots of deep water. And when you're fertilizing, because if it's not getting the water in that really nice hot spot, mm-hmm. and also maybe a, use a little bit of mulch, like put around the soil. Oh. And this just it'll help keep it a little bit moister because when hollyhocks get going, they're heavy feeders and they need lots of moisture because they have a lot of leaf structure, right? Okay. So when they so they they need a lot of that to get going because they're quite aggressive when they get going. So they need the the food and the and the moisture. So. So well, what are the 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 little bumps that come all over the leaves, and then the leaves seem to die? Yeah, I am without totally seeing it. I I don't know exactly to to diagnose over that. Um, there's a few different. It could be a fungus in there or something or just some bugs. Yeah, uh, yeah. Without seeing it, like it's harder for me to uh, to diagnose that way. So you can take a leaf into a garden center, like just put it into a Ziploc bag, and if you're near one, you can bring it into a garden center, and then I'm sure they'd be happy to have a look at it. Okay, okay. But just make sure you throw it in a Ziploc bag first, yeah. though. I'll ask you one other quick thing then. On the tomatoes, do you think we should start, shall I start cutting off the new flowers now? I don't. Depends how much fruit you already got on your plants. Mm -hmm. I kind of let them go for a while. We're still early August here. Okay. So I'm going to be optimistic that we're going to get uh, to go hopefully through until uh, mid-September, late September before we get some frost. So Okay, that was my worry, I guess, that maybe we wouldn't yeah, be getting we're a still, lot more we're hot Yeah, we're still weather. early, so, but it's, um, yeah. Okay. All righty. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And we're going to go to Jean. Good morning, Jean. Good morning. Hi, how can I help you? Hi, well, I'm the person that called about the compost, and I have a question, a further question. Um, when when it's, when it's we have a watering system set up, yep. and I wonder how 
much or how long does it take for the water to go down and get really through the through the bark and the compost and stuff and get down to the plants? How Are you using like is it a your irrigation? Does it spray from the top? Yes. Yeah, it, it it takes a while because because the, the all the bark mulch and that works like a sponge as well, right? Right. And it, it, for the first couple times to get it wet, it takes a bit until you get it saturated. And that's where you just got to be careful, though, because sometimes people, when they have bark mulch, you end up watering too much because it doesn't dry out. So it's sort of one of those you're damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of ones, right? Um, so you got to just you gotta watch. Mulch can be very beneficial, but if you just keep running it like you do your lawn, like I, I water my beds a third of the amount that I put on my grass because once I get them saturated, it's going to hold the moisture in, and then you're fine. Okay. So I was wondering if a person should pull, make sure that the compost and wood is pulled back from the base of the plant... Um, you should pull it off around the trunk anyways. Yeah, you don't want to have it right buried. But, yeah, and that's a good way to check it every so often is just get a rake or a shovel to sort of go through and to see how wet the soil is down below. But mm-hmm. I, I also, on newly planted trees and that, I still I throw the hose on each tree individually just to give it that slow, deep watering so it soaks right down for that tree it's alone, um, mm-hmm. even in the mulch, without saturating all the mulch. Cause yeah, this- Put it under the mulch. Yeah, I and I just let it slowly water those each tree individually mm-hmm. um, to ensure that I'm getting the water. Okay, I have one more question. Okay, um, if you go really quick because I'm right okay. at the end. Okay, um, I have a hydrangea that has the leaves are turning yellow green, and I think it might need iron. Yep. So you can use that iron chelate for that. Yeah. And just watch, it might not be getting, depending on if it's in the mulch, but it might not be getting enough water because they will go yellowy if they're not getting enough water at this time in this heat. Okay. All righty. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jean. Bye-bye. And uh, Dennis and Dwight, if you guys want to wait online, I will get to you guys. Um, and there's a few texts here as well. But thanks again for uh, for listening and to another show here. And uh, we'll get our garden on next week here on 770 CHQR.